Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. The long break is over as V8 Supercars mixes it up at Queensland Raceway. People want to see racing. The enforcer looks to make his stand. We've got to pull something out of the hat there. And V8 Supercar champion Marcus Ambrose wins at Watkins Glen. The word choke was starting to creep in the back of my mind. And, uh... That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Marcus Ambrose took out his first NASCAR Sprint Cup win on Monday. You know, fought and gouged our way to the front and got the win. Just a, a dream a dream day and uh, very thankful for the opportunity. We hear more from Marcus on this week's White Flag Lap. Cole Hitchcock has told the V8 Insiders that the new format for this event could have been rolled out at Perth, but for the problems with the pit lane. Now, we thought about running that format in Perth, but we don't have a pit lane able or capable of running that format in Perth. But, you know, I think the people of Perth really embrace the event and, um, you know, will ensure that that gets bigger and better year on year, again, with the with the great support from West, uh, events Western Australia and the Western Australian Government. Adam Perry, the General Manager of Motorsport, has told the V8 Insiders that dealing with the politics has been the hardest challenge taking on the job. My politics is a huge part of um, what I have to do and, um, I mean, it's sometimes, you know, you, you have to you have to understand the politics to get the technical side through. So, look, it's it's been a, a amazing learning curve in the two years I've been here, and um, a, a, and a challenge to say the least. But uh, I really enjoy the day-to-day battles that you have to have to to uh, get a result. And Russ Lingle has said he is hoping to get a podium at his home circuit this weekend. Uh, I desperately want to win at that circuit. Uh, it's our home race, uh, our test track, and um, I haven't actually won there with the PMM team. His recent results have given the Enforcer plenty of confidence that the team will be a factor going into the Enduros. Yeah, look, we've been going really well the last few races. Uh, three last three races we've been in the top ten, uh, which is fantastic, exactly where we want to be. Now we have to make the next step and to make sure we're in the top five. Steve Owen said the VIP pet food team has developed well over the year, finding more speed in the car. Little bits everywhere. You just As long as we keep going forwards, um, we're learning more about the car. The relationship between team members and, and the engineer and the driver is also getting better because you just know what the driver wants and, and the communication's better. It's just small bits everywhere in the team. The morale of the team's starting to lift after a tough first couple of rounds. So it all adds up and uh, you know all equals a better result. For James Moffat in the Jim Beam Falcon, he gets his first crack at the main game on his test track. Well, we do, but um, you know, having said that, it's uh, there's a lot of other teams that test up there, so uh, we've sort of seen in, in past years that um, 
when um, when we race down at Winton with with all the Victorian teams testing at Winton, usually a Queensland team sort of takes the spoil, and it's the other way other way around up here. So um, usually all the Victorian teams come up here and take away the silverware. So um, the cars were, the, you know, James Courtney was pretty quick uh, quick Queensland Raceway last year, and it's an all soft tyre format again. So um, you know, we know we've certainly got a bit of work to do. Uh, we're not sort of resting on our laurels from last year in terms of uh, going there with the, the same setup or, or anything like that. So, you know, the test day in um, early August before the race meeting for us is going to be important to uh, to try some stuff with the car and, and hopefully improve it because, um, you know, there's clearly some cars that um, react to the soft tyre better than, than others and, um, you know, it's all about trying to make that soft Dunlop sprint tyre last. Jason Bright knows that qualifying is the key to success in V8 supercars and is still looking for that last piece in the puzzle. We still haven't quite unlocked that qualifying speed, although you know I, I did see some promise at Townsville for the Sunday. So you know I, I think I think we've, we've got a bit of a direction now. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that means that we can go to the remaining rounds and and uh, have a car that's a bit more consistent round to round. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders after the break. V8 Supercars General Manager of Motorsport Adam Perry will join us. And then later in the show, we'll speak to Gordon Lomas and Richard Crail. Of course, Marcus Ambrose on the White Flag Lap. I hope you stay with us. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. This week we continue our chat with Adam Perry, the General Manager of Motorsports for V8 Supercars, and we talked about with the car of the future being introduced into the main game, how long is it before they'll be changing the Fujitsu Series cars? Yeah, we've already made that decision. The, the, it's, it's a normal process that... Um, New rules or, or um, uh, technical rules that come into the um, the main series are usually passed down for a number of seasons, and we already have it written in the rule book that it'll be 2017 before Car of the Future can actually go into the um, development series. And will you go for the Car of the Future car, or will you have a development series cars that makes it cheaper again and, and puts more limitations on competitors? No, no, it'll be the same car. There'll be no need to, to um, develop a, a different chassis again. I mean, we certainly could look at other cost-saving initiatives into the development series, but um, to go and build another completely different chassis, I don't think that, I don't think you'd yield anything out of that. Um, you know, and if you're talking something like the, the New Zealand um, V8 Tourer, I mean, it has some similarities to our car now. Um, you know, we may look at some things there if, if that's the case, but at this stage... 
um, we'd really just be handing down the, the exact same car. My thanks to Adam Perry there after the break. It's the round table time with Gordon Lomas and Richard Crowell. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week, the busiest man in Australian motorsport, Richard Kral. How are you going, Crowley? I don't think I'm quite the busiest man, but I appreciate the sentiment, Craig. I'm very, very well, mate. Uh, Looking forward to... The second half of the year now it's begun. It's going to be massive. Okay, yeah, I guess I need to qualify that. The second busiest man next to Mark Scaife, Richard Crowell. And (laughs) Gordon Gordon Lomas, great to have you on the show, particularly since you're in the middle of the book tour, which has just gone. Well, it's not quite the rise and rise of V8 Supercars, but it's been a mighty impressive V8 Supercars history, which you have documented just recently. Yeah, no, it was great to see the book finally come out. It, uh, it's been on sale for nearly two weeks now, Craig. So, um, you know, uh, all going well. People will like it. Uh, I certainly thoroughly enjoyed putting it together in the short space of time that I had. Um, but I think we uh, we touched on some of the key issues. There's, there's people out there who suggest we should have touched on other things, but uh, that's for them to say. Uh, in the time frame we had, we certainly... Um, certainly uh, it gives a... a decent portrayal of how the sports um, evolved over the last 14 or 15 years. It's amazing the candour that everyone spoke to you during your uh, getting the interviews together and getting everything together and I guess having that honesty and having that time between many of the events you were talking about and you were covering really gave the book uh, a lot of gravitas. Yeah, look, I, I can't thank the um, the people involved in the sport enough. Uh, you know, everyone's just so approachable. Everyone sort of opened their doors and, uh, and you know, uh, were quite uh, willing of their time and, and generous of their time. And, uh, you know, look, without them, there wouldn't have been a book. So, uh, you know, I've got a lot of people to thank, but I'm uh, certainly not going to start naming them because there's too many. Do you have any idea of the number of hours you spent talking to people? Uh, not really, Craig. Um, it, you know, I mean, uh, certainly uh, in, in word form um, and transcripts of interviews, um, it runs into the tens of thousands. And, uh, and you know, uh, as the books come out, there's uh, just over 100,000 words in the book. So uh, uh, it, certainly, um, it certainly was the interview process, the transcription process, and physically writing the book was massively time-consuming. Mm. Crayley, that's why we both like to use our words uh, verbally and not try to uh, ruin our fingers on keyboards, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm a, a three words forward, two words back kind of typist, so uh, yeah, I'm particularly glad I, uh, I haven't done anything like that. But I've, I've got the book, as we were saying off air, and uh, I've read it, thoroughly enjoyed it, and um, no, I should be congratulated on the effort, Gordon, it's a, a massive job, and and um, the other guys involved as well. I know, um, you know, we're both good mates with Dirk Kleinsmith and his photos 
really bring it to life as well. So uh, fantastic publication. Really enjoyed reading it. Mm. Oh, thanks, mate. I'll pay you later. Yeah, and thanks. It, <laughs> and, of course, uh, whilst you can go out to the bookstore, and it, it, it's right next door to all those great V8 X magazines that you've done some, so much writing for over the years, I'm sure. It's in the good bookstores and the bad ones as well, so get out and get your copy of the history of V8 supercars. And, uh, Gordo, uh, a quick plug, because I know you're in the middle of uh, delivering a, another book, you're getting a bit prolific with the books, but uh, it is the unbridled edition and un- uh, unmatched edition of the history of the Bathurst area's motor racing prowess, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'm just uh, two weeks away from deadline on that. Thankfully, I had a little bit more time to get this one together because there's just so much more history. But it's uh, it's an all-encompassing uh, Bathurst book. Um, it, it doesn't only touch on the great race, but it touches on... Uh, the, the history of the circuit when it started in 1938 and the racing years through to 1963 when the long distance race went there from Phillip Island. But it also touches on the history of the town and how it was settled back in 1815. So it's a kind of history book intertwined with motor racing and, you know, we brought together a lot of the, a lot of the town sort of people and uh, business people and mayors and and whoever else. So it's a bit of a different look at, uh, at Bathurst, and uh, that's going to come out next year to coincide with the 50th running of the great race. Mm, so it's going to be sitting in storerooms for uh, quite a long time if you're delivering it next week. Oh, in two no, weeks, that's, my, uh, that's my deadline, and, um, and, uh, but the publisher's then got to do their bit, and uh, it won't be printed until next year, and um, there's just so, so long, the lead times on books are just so long um, that uh, with a V8 supercar book, I mean, I finished that uh, pretty much in uh, July last year, and it wasn't on sale until two weeks ago, so that gives you an idea of the lead times with books. Mm, should say it's perfect companion with V8X magazine as we approach Father's Day. How's that for a plug, Gordo? Absolutely, mate. That's that you, you couldn't expect. You couldn't ask for a better double. Yes. Well, hey, we got to talk about Marcus Ambrose before we go into gas and go. And Richard, I know you love your American motorsport. We normally talk on Inside Motorsport regularly about Indy cars, but uh, well, this one takes the pot, doesn't it? Because there's nothing bigger in the United States than the Sprint Cup Series, and Marcus is in victory circle for the first time yeah it's awesome isn't it and this is probably the cherry on top for the last five years of aussie motorsport internationally because you know we've got mark weber regularly not this year but regularly winning formula one races will power and ryan briscoe and to a certain extent scott dixon doing such fantastic things in indycar racing and now marcus has gone and and done what he's promised to do for a while and delivered and won a, a next or a sprint cup race awesome result had to wait for it the rain delay uh, pushed it back 24 hours from the original starting time so um it probably would have been extra stressful but if he was going to win anywhere it was going to be watkins Glen. he'd won the last three nationwide races there so you know the the form going into it was obviously very very good and he'd come close so many times especially on those road courses at watkins Glen and at sears point or infineon raceway over in california it's just amazing, and it's such a great validation of Australian motorsport that we've now got guys succeeding and having won at the highest forms of motorsport anywhere in the world. And NASCAR's arguably the toughest series going round, so for Marcus to win there is fantastic. I think he knows more than anyone he's still got to do the deal on an oval, but he's getting closer and closer, and, 
as he said in his post-race interview this morning, that, you know, hopefully this will sort of unleash the floodgates and he'll be able to go on and, and win some more now. But what a great story. And, and there's stories all, all through this, Gordo, as I'm sure you'll agree, that our know, first win for Richard Penny Motorsport since they've come back from basically bankruptcy and, and rebuilding the team. You know, Marcus leaves Australia, abandons a glittering career in V8s to go and break into the American market and succeeds. It's just, it's got brilliant stories written all over it. Oh, look, I couldn't agree more. And uh, I, I think, you know, I, I'm thrilled to bits for Marcus, absolutely thrilled to bits because, he, you know, he, he did it the hard way. The easiest thing for him to do was to stay in V8 supercars. But instead, he tossed it all away and and took the plunge and went over there and it could have all gone so horribly wrong but he stuck it out and he 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 won the race there and that was you know as you quite rightly pointed out Richard that's he was expected to win at Watkins Glen the road course mm. but you know the big challenge for Marcus now I'm sure a lot of people will agree is to get that oval win and that will really validate his career in in uh, NASCAR mm. it it's amazing, V8X, and I know you were part of the poll, Gordo, had Marcus as the greatest V8 supercar driver a couple of years ago. How does this get him in the into the pecking order of Brabham, Jones, Vern Schupen and, and, and those great international drivers? Does this win get him into that elite level or does he need to have an oval track win before he makes it there? Uh, I, I think it's difficult to... to look at it like that you're comparing different eras different disciplines um completely different racing series uh i I, you know obviously in the scheme of international motorsport it's right up there but you know to put him in in the uh you know in the same hemisphere or the same suburb as uh, some of those guys is a bit rich i think at this stage Mm. Mm. i agree with that but i think um it's a step forward and and yeah as as Gordon rightly says it's a big step to say that he's in that league but I think the fact that he's won in probably one of the tougher years of Sprint Cup we've seen in the last couple of seasons you know all of a sudden Jimmy Johnson struggling to win races and you know I think there's been 14 different winners from the first 25 odd races so far so it's hugely competitive and the fact that he's now on that list as well is, is a massive validation of what he's done but you've got to look at Juan Montoya who came from Formula One and he won 10 Grands Prix, I think, you know, raced Michael Schumacher wheel-to-wheel and, and almost won the World Championship. He's only won two two races in the, the Spring Cup in the top level of NASCAR. And, you know, he's still looking to really solidify himself there. So Marcus has got a long, long way to go, but he's going about it the right way. I will add quickly, I think the other great thing that Marcus is doing is he's reinvesting in the sport for Australian drivers and, and setting up his own late model team, running on the ARCA series, and George Medecki is is over there with, with Marcus sponsoring him. And I think that's the best thing out of this, that Marcus is now, he's succeeding, is, is putting his money back into uh, to other kids and opening it up for other drivers from here to go and do what he's done. And, and I think that's outstanding. Yeah, it's interesting because in this Twitter world, uh, the NASCAR drivers all uh, having have, over the last couple of years, had a competition about who's got the most people on Twitter. But they excluded Juan Pablo Montoya because they were happy to get to 60,000, 100,000. Juan Pablo has like one point something million followers. A lot of people on in Colombia, Craig. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's a lot of people who remember him from his uh, Grand Prix days that want to know what he's doing now. Hey, it's gas and go time here on the V8 Insiders. 
Gas and Go is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Gas and Go brought to you by the V8X Magazine. It's on sale now as we get ready for Queensland Raceway this weekend. It has all the preview information that you'll need. Gordo, Miles Racing gets the Enduro nod. What are these teams when they get up to the wildcard entries really racing for? Well, I think it's a, it's, it's a big step in the name of, um, you know, whoever their, their sponsors are. You know, it puts them on the biggest stage there is in, uh, in Phillip Island and Bathurst. So, um, you know, I think, uh, I, th- I think it, it only enriches their, um, you know, their, you know, whoever their sponsors are, it only re- enriches their relationship with them. Mm. Richard? Yeah, I agree. And, and I think it's, it's a great opportunity for kids that might not be, get drafted into a, a Holden racing team or even a, a, like a, a team that's not expected to win maybe every time they go to Bathurst, um, that it gives them an opportunity to get some laps there and, and to race in the great race. And who knows? I mean, with, with a good car and good strategy and a good run throughout the day, if, if Ash Walsh and Chaz Mostert pop into the top 10, then they've just completely validated their credentials as V8 supercar drivers in one day and show what they're capable of, and it'll be a great thing for their career, and it'll be a great thing for the team. I think we all know that that team's got aspirations of, of main game stuff down the road. So I, I like the wildcard concept and, and wish it was more embraced because um, I, I know it's, it's very hard with, with budgets and putting everything together, but it's a good opportunity for other people to show what they're capable of, and not just drivers, but teams as well. Mm. Now, Richard, VIP Pet Foods will now have a Ford and a Holden for fans to back. For which car, the Fiori or the Owen car, will be in front? Uh, Steve Owen, you'd you'd want, with all due respect to Dean Fiori, uh, QR being Paul Morris Motorsports home track for many, many a year, you'd want uh, Steve Owen to be successful there. I, I just think it's fantastic that Tony Quinn continues to put his money where his mouth is and back, especially young drivers in the sport, and encourage them on to bigger and better things. And Dean Fiore is a great guy. He's got a, a, a good setup, a good team. They're still looking to make that next step forward. And well done to Tony and, and VIP Pet Foods for backing him. I think it's great. Gordo? Yeah, the sport needs more people like Tony Quinn. I agree. Totally agree. He's mm. fantastic. Um, it... Uh, just on a cheeky note, it puts uh, it puts another meaning into the uh, into the words "lucky dog" award, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but look seriously, uh, yeah, Steve Owen uh, would you know would obviously uh, probably win that battle comfortably. One would assume. Mm. Well, Gordo Paul Morris Fujitsu ride is finally secured, thanks to Sergeant Security, I guess. Yeah, well, you know, um, judging on what happened in Townsville with his dust-up with uh, Mr. Jane, um, it's probably uh, we're probably going to be in for a uh, in for some more fireworks uh, for the remainder of the Fujitsu series. You know, starting at QR this weekend. So, uh, you know, uh, the dudes, uh, you know, the dudes never sort of won to uh, take a backward step, and uh, he's you know he's probably going to add some colour and and uh, add a bit more luster in the series, you know, whether people like it or not. Um, you know, a guy, like, a, a guy like the dude is, you know, is great for the sport because uh, he speaks his mind, he doesn't pull any punches, and uh, in turn gets coverage for the sport. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree, and uh, I think you might need some security guys to, to walk around with him maybe, uh, even though he's a, a fairly sizable unit, but 
he might need some security guards to walk around him and, and protect him from Rodney Jane and uh, Nick Perkett, who he's both had uh, interesting altercations with this year. Uh, uh, just on an aside to that, guys, I found it very interesting after the Watkins Glen NASCAR race we were speaking about earlier, Boris said was in the thick of the action and Boris and Paul are old mates and they've driven with each other in the Enduros and Boris will be back for the Gold Coast race this year. Boris was uh, well and truly outspoken about um, an incident with Greg Biffle and uh, I was watching it and thinking, that's Paul Morris right there in a nutshell. And it's fantastic for the sport. And, and you bang on, Gordon. It's, um, it, it creates storylines, and we like outspoken drivers. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's good he's got a sponsor, new sponsors of the sport, and uh, add some more excitement to the Fujitsu Series for the rest of the year. Richard, could Facebook get Dean Canto back into the main game? Yeah, probably not, but it, it certainly shows the public opinion towards him as a, a driver, doesn't it? And um, one of the great underrated talents, and, and I, I would assume that he probably deserves another go, and I think the Enduros this year will indicate as to whether he's a front-runner for that the Bottolo seat next year. But, yeah, apparently massive polls and, and fans getting behind him as um, PD's replacement. I, I don't know what you think, um, uh, Gordon, but, uh, yeah, certainly public opinion at this stage is saying um, put Dean Canto in the seat. Yeah, public opinion's all very well, but uh, this, after all, is a um, a, a business, uh, albeit a sporting business, and, um, you know, there's other factors uh, that have got to come into play. Um, so, you know, we'll see how it plays out, but uh, I doubt very much whether, uh, you know, um, social media will have any say whatsoever in who gets a V8 supercar drive and who doesn't. Mm. Now, Do you have a favourite for that seat, Gordo? Uh, no, not really, no. Hmm. Gordo, I'm, like... I'm a professional fence-sitter. <laughs> <laughs> Done well. Well, Lakeside saw a demonstration run of V8 supercars last weekend. Could the track ever come back to uh, mainstream motorsport or the main game of motorsport? Well, it, it was news to me. I, I, I was unaware of the the demonstration runs. Uh, I, think, I think it was Paul Morris, wasn't it, in the Fujitsu Series car? Um, up there at Lakeside, I was really unaware of it, but it's taken me by surprise because I was of the understanding that the Pine Rivers Shire Council have completely outlawed um, any V8s running at all, whether they be V8 supercars or not, running at all around around the circuit. Um, I know car companies have had launches around there and and whatever else, but uh, it, it really surprises me because um, it kind of flies in the face of what the what the laws are there but you know i'm all for lakeside coming back it's a fantastic circuit i can't remember how many years i went there uh you know covering uh you know whatever round was going up there but i really enjoyed being there um i enjoy the circuit i've driven around the track myself in race cars um it it, you know it's fantastic but you know whether uh, mainstream motorsport will go back there or not, I don't think it will because the progress that is urban sprawl um, has a big say in you know what goes on out there. Mm. Richard, yeah, my my understanding of of the restrictions that they've got at the moment is there's only a certain number of days per year they can have race meetings. Uh, I think there's a 20 car restriction on the fields that they can run purely for noise, and and yeah, they have to very strict noise regulations as well. Um, John Tetley, who owns Queensland Raceway, owns the circuit and, and promotes race meetings. And I was speaking to um, 
the uh, the Queensland correspondent for a, a motorsport news magazine I I uh, contribute to, and uh, he said it was the he's a Queenslander. He said it was the biggest crowd at the weekend. It was a historic touring car festival, the biggest crowd he's seen there since the V8s last race there in '97. So he said it was an amazing thing, and they have done a lot of work. So I, I went there for the first time last year, the Monday after the the Morgan Park Sunnans Nationals round. I was working at. And it was my first time, and it was an eye-opening experience to see that place and to walk the circuit and um, see all that history and, and that speed that's capable of. It's an amazing circuit. I'd love to see top-level racing there. I, I just think that, as Gordon said, the, the regulators will make it impossible for that to happen. But um, it's, an, it's an astonishing circuit, isn't it? And it would be so good to see... Uh, professional racing back there for sure. Mm, that's Gas and Go for another week, brought to you by VNX Magazine. Gas and Go is brought to you by the V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. After the break, Gordo and Crowley will be back to preview Queensland. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You've watched the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Richard Crowland, also Gordon Lomas with the new book out on sale now. And, of course, plenty of articles in this edition of V8X magazine. Queensland Raceway, Gordo, three-race format. An interesting one, too, because they're going to have two races with a 15-minute super pit stop in the middle of them. Yeah, it's, um, it's certainly different, isn't it? They... they you know, one thing that they can't be accused of not doing V8 supercars is trying things, and uh, and this is one. I'm not, you know, the old three race format um, that that you know we used to sort of see for quite a few years. I wasn't really a big fan, but that's coming from the side of the fence of a journal, and it's kind of confusing. It's confusing for the for the you know for the readers of newspapers and it's confusing for a journal trying to compile three races over a weekend but i think in this instance um you know it's a little bit different um it, it's probably going to be a good thing and uh and for those closest to to uh jamie Wincup in the championship it can only be a good thing for their chances because it gives them another opportunity mm. richard yeah i agree i i'm all for them uh, innovating and, and coming up with new ideas to provide entertainment, which is, after all, what they are. And, and I think it's great. Uh, an interesting story I was reading today was that Seven is going to broadcast both of those sprint races commercial-free, um, aside from whether there's a, a major safety car or a stoppage for some reason, but they're going to show them both without ads, which is amazing for those watching at home and basically unheard of in this very commercially driven world. Usually people are complaining about how many ads there are. So that's another benefit. So viewers at home hopefully will enjoy that and there might be a, a ratings boost that goes with it. Um, yeah, look, it's something different, isn't it? I, I was watching the BTCC race on the internet from uh, Snetterton the other week and they have three races around, quite short races, and we all know British touring cars are a bit crash and bash and it's very, very good entertainment. And they do a separate podium after each race. They're, they're counted as 
as three separate rounds in the one meeting as uh, V8 supercars now do with their their races. But that that worked, and, and I think the shorter race format needs to be part of the championship. I think you need to have that discipline in it. So, um, you know, the shorter races are known for being action-packed, so I'm all for them trying. I, I agree completely with Gordon. I think it's exciting, and, and we'll see how it plays out. And certainly lots of pressure on the teams, isn't there, guys, because they've got 15 minutes to turn around a car if it gets bashed up in the first race. So... It's, it's going to be a big jump for those guys as well. It is indeed. They're going to be on all softs, which has been the absolute dominance of Jamie Winkup this year, Richard. It has. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But you look, go back a year and, and James Courtney on the soft tyre was the man to beat. So it's, you know, a specific driver on a specific day and a specific car plays to their strengths. And, you know, there's there's plenty of guys lining up to beat um, to beat James Courtney and, and to beat um, Jamie Winkup, I should say. Um, so look, there's there's no guarantee that he's going to win. The guarantee is that he's going to be there or thereabouts, and that's just the way he is. That's how good he is in Triple Eight is, and why he's a, a champion and probably going to win another one. So, yeah, I'd like to see someone knock him off this weekend. Though, don't get me wrong, I think uh, there's a few guys that that need a win right now. One of them's Mark Winterbottom, I think, quite desperately, and the other would be James Courtney. You'd have to say, uh, after a horror year at, at Toll HRT, he'd be looking for a a big result on a track he won at last year on the soft tyre. So get off the fence, who's going to win the three races? Uh, you first, Gordo. I've got no, no, no idea. No. <laughs> uh, all right, well, we'll get Gordo's idea on the soft tyres and the wing cup dominance. Well, first of all, the, the soft tyres, um, you know, it's only been this year that, that um, Jamie's got his handle on the, on the soft, so... You know, let, let's not lose sight of the fact that uh, he was all at sea last year um, and also James Courtney was completely dominant, unbeaten at this round last year, unbeaten at Winton on the softs as well. Um, so, and I think Holden Racing Team are really starting to get themselves organised behind the scenes, ne- scenes now under the direction of Mike Henry, um, who is a terrific operator, and I think you'll, you'll see a resurgence, whether it be from... Garth Tander or James Courtney this weekend. Look, look out because the Holden Racing Team are on the on the prowl. Um, also, uh, I agree with uh, Richard that um, you know knocking on the door, Winterbottom must produce this weekend, and uh, and and you know also Davo as well, who's been very good this year. Um, in terms of who's going to win the races, uh, it's look, it's anyone's guess. Oh, mate, I, I used to be a punter. I'm not anymore, but if I was having a punt, um, I'd be putting the money on either of the two HRT guys. Mm, well, you'd probably get good odds, but I'm not going to tell you what they are. Gordo, <laughs> it's a pleasure to catch up with you. Look forward to seeing you up there in Queensland. You too, mate. Thanks, thanks for the uh, time. No problem at all. And Richard, if you ever get out of the commentary box, I'll be looking forward to catching up with you as well. Yeah, I'm actually bypassing this round, unfortunately. I don't what? have much work on, so I'm spending the weekend doing uh, Barossa Gourmet down here. But um, that's a story for another week. But looking forward to it. I'm going I'm to check out the Seven coverage. I haven't watched the show this year, so I'm, I'm keen to see how they're going. And, um, look, I, I, I agree with Gordon's sentiments on HRT. Watch for them this weekend. They'll be strong. All right, then. After the break, we hear from Marcus Ambrose and his win at Watkins Glen. I'm sure you'll enjoy what he has to say because he is down to earth as you would expect an Aussie to be. I hope you'll stay with us. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. 
V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's Y Flag Lab, we hear from Marcus Ambrose, who, of course, won at Watkins Glen last weekend. Marcus spoke about how happy he was to finally get to Victory Lane. You know, eventually I'm going to get spat out of the sport, right? I mean, you can't drive forever unless you're Mark Martin. And, uh, <laughs> he, 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 you know, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy with what I've done. I've got to Victory Lane. I can go home knowing that I've won in the Sprint Cup Series and uh, it's a proud day for myself and my family. You know, we, we make sacrifices every day to do what we do and today's my little girl's first day at school, you know, and I wanted to take her to school and here we are racing at Watkins Glen on a Monday and, you know, she's probably still cranky at me but, uh, you know, I, I think it's a good compromise to be here in Victory Lane and, and uh, you know, families and Todd and, and his family and, and, and all the team, you know, we all sacrifice to try to, you know, live the dream. And here we are, you know, uh, we're the best in the day and we're going to enjoy it. He had a number of battles throughout the race with Brad Kozlowski being one of them. With Brad, you know, I just um, got through the bus stop really good and just forced the issue on him. And I never touched him, I don't think, but I, I got him arrow free and was able to slide past. It was only yesterday in the motorhome light I was talking to Brad about how hard the Cup Series is to win. And he said, yeah, you know, when you get a, a fifth-place car or a third-place car... You know, you've got to be able to win with those days. And there we were, the two of us, um, duking it out to, for the victory. And, um, you know, he's an upcoming superstar and uh, great talent. All those guys at the front today just drove superbly. And um, you just got to take your chances. And, and today it worked out for us. Also challenging hard was Kyle Busch. But he was struggling. I mean, he was fighting uh, his car. I could see that he was really, you know, loose up over the, the S's. And um, I was going to have another shot at him if I was within three or four Lengths coming into the last break zone, I was going to go through him um, to try and win. It certainly was, for him, a day to remember. You know, not that I was uh, worried, but, you know, um, the word choke was starting to creep in the back of my mind. And, uh, you know, we, we survived today. We, we fought our way back to the front. We had a late race uh, restart. Um, you know, fought and gouged our way to the front and got the win. Just a, a, dream, a dream day and uh, very thankful for the opportunity that I've I've got to be here and uh, that I've made the most of it today. My thanks to Gordon Lomas and Richard Crail, also to Adam Perry. As the checker flag waves on another edition of the V8 Insiders, till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.